Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Games We Never Play, the podcast where we feature games that are just a little bit off the track that you might have on your bookshelf, sitting on your hard drive that you've really been meaning to play for a while, but you just never have time. Fortunately, we're here, so you don't have to. Um, this month, we're doing something a little different. We are featuring a game that is actually part of a live Kickstarter while we're recording this. Uh, it is from Bloat Games, and it is Survive This Fantasy. Uh, that is Survive This colon Fantasy, as opposed to Survive This Particular One. Um <laughs> Um, Bloat Games has released a few uh, different installments in the Survive This series. It began with Survive This Zombies a few years ago. Um, Steven and I actually kickstarted uh, their Vigilante City uh, game a few years back, which mm-hmm. featured uh, sort of 90s style superheroes akin to like Batman the Animated Series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the big shoulder pad um, machine gun toting comics from the 90s that have merit of their own um, i call them so, all blood gun blood gun's great i love that yes i think to- uh rob uh, liefeld actually <laughs> wrote nine issues of that before it got canceled um but today we are very excited because we got our hands on the playtest document for the player's guide of survive this fantasy and i'll get more into what makes it uh a game that we want to feature in just a couple of minutes but first let's go around the virtual table today and uh introduce the rest of the team Uh, i am michael holmes by the way and i'll be your gm and your host for the next four episodes so jay help why don't you start yeah sure hello 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 i am jay africa and i'm looking forward to uh taking this game for a spin all right and steven Bonjour, everyone. It's me, Stephen Pope, your professional halfling. How y'all doing? I've been meaning to ask you, what does it mean to be an amateur halfling? But we'll get into that later. Uh, and last, that means you're in the very... background of the first scene of uh, Lord of the Rings. Okay, so you're just generally from New Zealand? Yeah. Okay, great. Love it. And <laughs> last, but very certainly not least, we have... Hey guys, it's Jameson again, world's okayest DM. I'm taking that title. No one can take it from me. I'll fight me. I guess I'm so. okay with that. <laughs> but just okay. I'm okayest with it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So survive this colon fantasy. Um, we love the world's most popular role-playing game. Uh, we love it a lot, but there's a lot of uh, podcasts and resources that have been dedicated to that. So as I said in the intro, one of the things we want to do on Games We Never Play is feature games that aren't that, but that might have similar DNA. So I'm actually going to read you a paragraph directly from the uh, Survive This uh, Player's Guide. Ooh. What is this? Following in the tradition of popular Survive This Zombies... Dark Places and Demogorgons, which I forgot to mention is essentially their Stranger Things game, and I'll get into that in a couple of minutes. And Vigilante City comes a new tabletop role-playing game that is inspired by a combination of the original 1970s fantasy role-playing game. The game takes place in the world of fantasy. You can decide whether to make that a world of high fantasy filled with magic and dragons, or you may wish to play in a world with low magic and to encounter vicious monsters rarity. Either type or anything in between can be easily achieved and survive this fantasy. 
Uh, so before we go on, I should say that there might be some light spoilers for the uh, Dark Places in Demogorgon's book, uh, Santa Muerte. Uh, there might not be. We'll just see how far you guys get in the quest today. Um, so this is not a retro clone. That is to say, it is not the old school rules for the world's most popular role-playing game that have just been uh, given a new skin, nor is it uh, the uh, sort of system resource document of 5e for the world's most popular role-play game it's a fusion of the two and it's its own unique beast so the kind of beautiful thing about the player's guide is that it's very light on setting so today we are going to be playing an adventure in a world of my creation uh the world let's just call it earth um and it takes place uh in a town called Kormon. That's really all you need to know right now, because the next thing that is going to inform our story is, of course, character generation, which is what we tend to do. Uh, actually, we don't just tend to. That is what we do in every single first episode of a game that we cover. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Um, we can post a bunch of resources after we're recording. Uh, as I said, this is part of a live Kickstarter, so we'll be sure to link to it whenever we post about a new episode. Um, but let's dive into character creation. As I said, um, we'll begin with our attributes. Uh, this game has seven attributes. Some of them are fairly familiar, and there's one that's a little different. We've got strength, intellect, wisdom, dexterity, constitution, charisma, and survival. Now, to generate all of those, we're going to roll 4d6 seven times, and you can assign them as you would like. Um, now, you, uh, the players and I have discussed... Uh, what sort of races and classes they'd like to play before this recording. Um, some classes, of course, have primary attributes that they need to meet to be able to actually play them. So, gents, if you want to go ahead, roll those die a bunch of times, uh, assign them. Um, I'll go ahead and cover exactly what the stats are. Okay. Strength, intelligence, wisdom, dex, constitution, and charisma are all... I feel pretty familiar to us. How strong you are, how smart you are, how streetwise you are, how fast you can move, how hearty you are, how charming or uncharming you are. But we also have the survival stat. And survival points represent a player's in-game ability to re-roll a failed attempt on a dice roll at the cost of one survival point per re-roll. Each failed dice roll can only be re-rolled once, and if the player fails again, then they must take the second roll as final, even if the second roll is less advantageous than the first failure. You cannot spend another point to re-roll. So in that case, it's a lot like advantage in 5e. There's also advantage and disadvantage in this game, and it works exactly the same. Now, before you go dumping your highest die roll into your survival stat, you should know that you can spend as many of those points as you want during a game. However, they only regenerate at the uh, rate of one per session. So if you were to, say, spend 17 survival points in your first game, then it's going to take you 17 sessions to get back up to that maximum amount. Um, obviously, this is kind of a one-shot, but uh, you know, something to consider. Steven, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no, it's just... Uh... I like that mechanic. I think it's a really smart idea, especially with systems like Benny's from Savage Worlds being so popular. Right? Exactly. But um, the recharge rate of one session equals one point, I think, I mean, 
it makes it a very precious commodity. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, it is one of the things that I do like about the Survive This series. Yeah, you can re-roll as much as you want, but do you really want to burn them all out in one game? I don't know. Some games are just like that. Um, And of course, the next thing that we have on our character sheet, and if I'm going too fast, just tell me to pump the brakes. Pump the brakes real quick. You got it, dude. Thank you. Uh, So how are we generating these, uh, your stats? Are we just rolling a d20? Sorry, uh, 4d6, dropping the lowest single number uh, seven times. 4d6. I gotta be honest, I haven't done this in so long, it feels wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it is a bit home from home, I guess you could say. Yeah, except for the three that I rolled. (laughs) I know, yeah. uh, I I mean, what is your... I know, yeah, yeah, trying to figure that out. Uh, I'm actually... You jinxed Oh, me. no. Did you also roll four ones? I rolled two twos and two ones. Very you nice. jinxed me good, sir. D- snap a photo well, of that for posterity. This isn't Traveler, so... This isn't Traveler, so you don't run the risk of actually <laughs> dying in character creation. Um, man, we gotta do some version of Traveler at some point. Anyway, um, oh, wow. but Mason, does that answer your question? Yes, okay. it does. Uh, and then uh, all, each of the players have a copy of the playtest. And I should say again, we're just looking at the playtest version of the rules right now, which means they're a little unfinished, but they are completely playable. Um, they're missing some artwork, and I've seen some sneak previews of the artwork that's going to be in the book, and it's going to be I like the artwork awesome. that's in the playtest now, um, actually. That was, that's some pretty cool stuff. I do too, but there's more coming from one of those artists in the, the Game Very Master's exciting. Guide as well, and he's been teasing some of the monsters that he's been doing, and it's... Mm, chef's kiss um but there is an attribute modifier table on um page 10 in the playtest guide if you guys want to look at that um when you're ready uh next of course would be hit points which would be 2d6 plus your constitution modifier uh and actually for this game why don't we go ahead and just say it's 12 plus your constitution modifier okay because i'm i'm Thinking we're going to bump you guys up okay. to level two, but uh, so just wanted to see if you were into that. Which I means... really wish we yeah. were doing this in person. Why? <laughs> so you could see how awesome my die rolls are and that I'm not cheating. <laughs> if there's anybody in the world that I would treat to uh, trust to not lie about their tri- die rolls, it's you, Mason. And then well, I, I, I wish I had lower die rolls because that's where the fun is. That's where the real character creation is, but... I'll just sit here with all these 17s, whatever. Um, And actually, since we are going to bump you up to level 2, why don't you go ahead and make it 18 plus your constitution modifier? Because every time you increase in level, you roll another d6 plus your con mod. So all our hit points are 18 plus con modifier. Uh, That's correct. And as we uh, select your character races and classes, that might change as well. But for the moment, that's Um, what they're at. So, I'm sorry, hold on, Michael. We're going to what level? Level two, so okay. Uh, uh, just level two. So that. So your stats will not change, but that might adjust. And, and would that be 18 plus con modifier twice? All right. Okay. Yes. Boop. Good call. Okay. 18 plus two times con mod. Gotcha. Um, 
I am literally just yeah, going yeah. in sequence in the book right now. You do have the ability to mend wounds when you're out of combat, which would potentially store uh, restore 1d4 hit points. Um, basically, that requires five minutes of uninterrupted concentration to perform and can only be done once a day, and you can't do it on yourself. So keep that in mind. Uh, when you're done with your attributes and your hit points we'll move on to saving throws which are generated a little differently and i'll go over what each of those okay. means so let me know when y'all are ready uh one second sorry no worries actually mason do you mind if i go over what the different saving throws are while um you're right By now what you need all to? means you okay. do what you got but so there are six saving throws in this game there's courage critical death magic mental and poison um, I really like the courage role that is a little different from some of the other uh, fantasy games that I played. And basically that is rolled every time you come up a, against a new beast or a particularly difficult challenge. And if you fail it, you have to continue to roll until you best your fear of that particular beast or obstacle. Um, there are consequences for failing a check. We'll get to that later on. Um, the critical role, not copyrighted, uh, the role for your critical save, I should say, uh, is anytime your character is reduced in a single action to less than uh, half of your hit points to see if you go into systemic shock, basically. Yikes. Uh, the death roll is when your character is reduced to zero or less hit points to see if you are... Uh, among the living or join the realm of the dead uh, magic is pretty straightforward so anytime you are uh, targeted by a magic effect you roll to avoid it if you make a successful uh, roll then you either completely avoid the ill effect or if it's a damage inflicting spell then you take half damage uh, the mental role is very much the same, except this game also features psionics. So uh, what I just said about magic, except for mental attacks. And the poison role would, of course, be if you inhale or ingest poison of any kind, including those from animals, contaminated foods, medicine, or gas. Poison gas. I'm already. <laughs> okay, to actually, are you ready to make a poison save or to generate your stats? generate my saving throw Just... oh okay, okay. <laughs> i thought you were ready for gas well yeah I, I that's why i asked a clarifying question i'm glad we're all on the same well page. this is so survive what we do this for saving fantasy throws is you actually oh, oh gosh. are you just now hearing it michael Dad no, I just was hoping we could avoid it. And we can't, oh, no. but I'm glad we got it out of the way. So anyway, oh, back to saving throws. Yes, please. Uh, roll f In this case, you roll 4d4, and then you add your constitution modifier. You're not subtracting anything, but 4d4 plus your con mod for each of your saving throws. Uh, and now Michael. one thing I should mention oh, is for six. Yes. No, no, no. Please, go ahead. Okay. Uh, is it we roll that, and that's just the number we'll be working with, or is it like with our stats, where we'll be rolling it each time? Uh, yes, sorry. So for each individual saving throw, you'll roll 44, and then your, uh, your constitution modifier. Okay. Good question. 
And if you were to roll to actually make one of these saving throws, you would want to get under that number, not mm. over it. Mm. Mm. But we'll, we'll get to that when we get there, which, again, mm. is a little unconventional, um, but I like it. And also, if you were to, say, have a 20 on your saving throw, you could still fail if you rolled a natural 20 in this case. But we will get to that when we get to it. Any questions at this point? Interesting that it doesn't tie the stats, but yeah. that's just uh, interesting. That's all. Like I said, you know, one of the reasons we're featuring this game is because it is uh, slightly different from what we're used to. Um, because there are literally thousands of role-playing games out there you can play. This just happens to be one of them. Okay, so I think my uh, saving throws are done. I kind of averaged out to about 10 yeah. each. Okay, yeah. I mean, that, you know, statistically is not so bad. Yeah. Actually, if you're rolling 44, 16, you know, that's 69. slightly above average. Yeah. Ooh. Is anybody particularly weak in anything, saving throw-wise? Death. Death. Hmm. My magic's well, not so hot. Go slow and don't die. <laughs> <laughs> well, the game is called Survive This, so um, I'm I don't want a total party kill, but it might happen, you know. But that's that's the risk we run with every Bring game. Bring it on, man. Uh. Moving on, uh, let's talk about alignment. Your alignment is just an essential indicator of your behavioral learning. Um, and there are slightly different alignments in this game, but they all function pretty much the way that we're used to. There's righteous. You think you're morally better than most others, based mostly on a reason you feel justified. Law. You tend to behave in accordance with the laws and treat others well. Neutral. You live right down the middle. Avoid major conflicts unless necessary. Anarchist. Anything goes for you, usually as long as you can avoid the consequences of your random behavior. And evil. You are morally broken and prefer to mingle with those that are equally broken. Huh. So I'd invite you to all to muse on that for a little bit. Perhaps while we're going through the rest of character generation, you don't have to decide right now. But oh, that's how the alignment system is approached in this game. What are you? Evil? No, I'm I'm I, I'm anarchist, which sounds very edge lord. But once I explain my character concept, you'll understand why. I really hope you have a giant sword and you're missing one eye and one hand. <laughs> I love you it. Have guts. Yeah. Especially um, with your character concept, that'd be dope as hell. So, uh, <laughs> uh, moving on, let's talk a bit about the races in this game. So, uh, on top of your, you know, standard fair dwarves, elves, humans, etc., there are some interesting choices in this game. And one of the things I did ask the players to do before we started recording was to look at some of the races that perhaps aren't represented in other games that we have all played. Um, there are ghouls that you can play, there's goblins, there are Asimar and tiefling um, analogs in this game as well, but... I'm actually kind of proud, I'm going to say it, I'm proud of you all for, at least uh, based on our last discussion, choosing some that seem to be 
at least uniquely represented in this game. So if you don't mind, let's go ahead and go around the virtual table and talk about what you all have chosen. Who wants to start? Steven? Sure. Okay. Um, so while browsing through the book, I found one of the races called the Norgarm. They're bear people. And what are the Norgarm? Bear people. Okay. They're bear people. And uh, when given the opportunity, be a bear. So that's what I'm playing. <laughs> I love it. Um, and just a little bit of flavor text from the book. The Norgarm are a race of bear-like humanoids that originate in the frozen wastelands of the north. They're aggressive and warlike people that hate magic with a great fervor. They can't cast spells or use scrolls, but they can use magical items. Um, most humans believe them to be fictional fables and doubt their existence. Some humans even mistake them for being regular bears and will try to hunt them. This usually never ends well for the foolish humans. And it says here that they do tend towards anarchists. So well done, Stephen. Um, this does bring some additions to your character sheet as well. You've got a base move of 12. And your move is that number times 10 feet. And that represents how fast you can move in a single action, basically. Okay. Uh, you've also got dark vision. You've got adjustments to your strength, your intelligence, and wisdom. You've also got some additional attack uh, adjustments and some adjustments to your saves. So if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and let you add those to your sheet while we move on to, why don't we say, Mason. Okay, I am playing the uh, Arkwolves, essentially uh, wolf people. Right, exactly. Uh, and to read from the book, they are a race of anthropomorphic wolves that are much larger than humans. They're great hunters, strong warriors, clever woodsmen, and despise slavery in any form. They also originate from colder climates, which might be an interesting thing to explore uh, in terms of character relationships. Um, also, a lot of people don't believe that you exist, so that should be interesting when mixing with the rest of the outside world. Um, now, Mason, it does say here in terms of alignment that they mm -hmm. can be any, but they are rarely evil. Where do you I've see chosen them? anarchist. Okay, that's great. I think that fits. Um, certainly helps when mixing with other anarchistic uh, people or uh, Norgarms in this case. I don't uh, know how pervasive slavery is in the land, but I'm, I'm out to, to shut it down. I would say that, you know, it is it is not uncommon. It is unfortunate, um, and there are certain people that view it as a necessary evil, and there are others that relish it. So uh, I definitely think that is something that could inform why your character does what they do. Um, and again, you have adjustments to your strength stat and your wisdom stat. Uh, you have a negative to your charisma because you're a giant wolf that would tend to ruin a picnic, probably. Um you get a bonus to spot and listen checks. Um, you also get some adjustments to your saving throws, etc., etc. So I'll go ahead and let you fill out the rest of. All that right, part uh, of continuing with with the Jay, uh, with the trend of anthropomorphic uh, animals, uh, there is a race called, and I believe this is the pronunciation, the Aspimit, which are anthropomorphic snake folks. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead. Well, snake, what was that? <laughs> Or Sneeple. 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 I will take Sneeple. Sneeple. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to push that into the feedback, the playtest <laughs> feedback. Um, but yeah, so I have gone ahead and chosen to be an Aspimit for this particular game. 
Okay, that sounds great. And you are snake-like humanoid that originated in the deepest jungles of the world. So it's interesting that you find yourself mixing with two uh, humanoids from colder climates. Uh, if this was a campaign, I would love to explore that a little more. And maybe we can talk about that as we move along in character creation. Um, in general, you tend to stay in only the warmest climates. Uh, females are rarely seen outside of their enclaves. So I would ask you, are you male, female, something in between? Not that it matters. It has no mechanical effect. Yeah, no, I, I will be, I will be playing a, uh, I'll be playing a male. Okay. And I didn't ask you, Stephen or, uh, uh, Mason. And again, it has no mechanical benefit of any kind. Just, it's a bit of, uh, flavor for your character. Um, let's see, Jay, you get a bonus to your dex, to your wisdom. You, again, are at a negative modifier to your charisma and to your strength, but you also have dark vision. Mm -hmm. You get a couple of bonuses to some of your saving throws. And interestingly enough, you get a bonus to cooking or medicine skills. So, yeah, it comes from living in the jungle, I guess. Welcome to the jungle, baby. You're going to fry. Yeah. Do we Uh, have fun in games, though? This. Oh, yeah. They got anything you want. Honey, they know the names. Uh, This should be really interesting because I I made charisma my dump stat. So, Mm -hmm. you know that three? Oh, geez. Are you at a one now? With my race, just became a two. A two? Okay. Well. Uh, No, I'm at a two right now. Uh, We're going to test the extremes in this playtest. The extremes of stats, I suppose, in this playtest. I love it. Because I managed to Um, put my dexterity up to 18. Oh, that's before. Oh no, that's with the uh, the racial modifier. Three. It's yeah. It was originally a roll of three. You know, four ones on four d six, and uh, yeah, yeah. With the racial modifier, it's down to two. Oh no, I meant your dex. Was it a seventeen before and now? Oh it's my dex. No, no, my dex. Uh, that uh, that originally um, that was a fifteen. It was a it was a plus one with the racial modifier, and then I took a, a look at the class modifier as well, and uh, it is up to eighteen with all that. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, um, um, Michael. Real yes, quick. sir. Um, <clears throat> so I put an 18 in my strength, and mm-hmm. my bonus gives me a plus two. Can I go above the 18, or am I Yes, capped? I can. You can. Okay, great. You can go above uh, an 18, because that's... And just making sure you that was 46 minus the lowest one, right? Bingo. Okay, awesome. So yeah, you've, you're a, a humanoid bear with a 20 strength. Well... And knowing what I know about your uh, <laughs> your class, I think that's going to come in really handy. But here's an optional mechanic that I'm choosing to use, and that is your profession. Um, no one was born an adventurer, and before your character took up a path to heroism, they likely had a mundane profession or trade. Um, there is a uh, percentile list here of uh, quite a few professions. If you guys had a chance to look at it, is there one that stands out to you? Or do we want to leave this to chance and just have you all roll percentile to figure out what perhaps your mundane profession before taking up arms as an adventurer was? Or do you want to use it at all? Oh, I want to leave this to chance. Okay, great. I rolled and I've fallen in love with what I landed on, so maybe I start? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> okay, uh, so I rolled a merchant. Oh, interesting. Okay. Seven foot tall bear who sells you things. That's very similar to what I got. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So let's look at what the bonuses the merchant uh, gives you. So you're trained at bartering and appraising. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, You get a uh, 
bonus language, which is Wind Whisper, which um, is basically the language. Uh, it's like Thieves Can't for those of you who have played the world's oldest role playing game. Thieves Can't uh, for, uh, you know, big box stores. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a more clever comeback to that, but I, I don't. And that's okay. Live theater. What are you going to do? Um, and you're also street smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, for your starting gear, you get 5d6 gold pieces and 15% off starting items cost. So, Stephen? 5d6 uh, times 10 gold pieces. Correct. Yes, 5d6 times 10 gold pieces. So, while you're rolling that, Mason, what did you get? I got something very similar to uh, Stephen. I got urchin. Okay. Just like a merchant. Uh, yes. Those are both things that you can Mm be. Uh, So let's see. Urchin, you lived on the streets in an urban environment. You can fade quickly into a crowd. and do not often get lost when navigating the labyrinth-like streets of some cities. That's awesome. So for bonus skills, you get street survival, sleight of hand. And for your starting gear, you get a dagger, a cloak, because what's one without the other, really? And 1d6 times 10 gold pieces. And knowing, again, what I know about your character class, which we'll get to in just a couple minutes, I think that really fits. But I will leave it to you to connect those particular dots. Mr. Africa. Okay, I rolled rolled, uh, and got a street fighter, actually, which... I feel like that's a theme with you. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, I guess role-playing games like me brawling. (laughs) Uh, But you know what? I I was thinking, actually. That's all right. You know what, Mace? You were talking about um, about being just against slavery and wiping it out. I thought it might be interesting if my character was actually a former slave who was being forced to fight in pits. Hence the street <gasps> fighter aspect. And so I think I might I might work that like into it. my my background. Uh, so yeah, according to this, it looks like I've got. Um, uh, I'm already a seasoned brawler and a tough guy. Bonus skills include fighting, brawling, intimidation, and I've got padded armor. And 3d6 times 10 gold pieces. So, not bad. Excellent. So definitely make note of all of that. Um, And then uh, let's go ahead and jump to the different classes. Again, we've got our, uh, you know, standard fare fighters and um, rogues, etc., etc. Some of them have slightly different names. Some of them have slightly different functions in this game. Uh, Definitely... Uh, check out the Kickstarter to get a little bit more of an idea of what some of those may look like. But let's go ahead in the spirit of time and keep moving forward. What did everybody pick? Well, I, I've started most of this. Might as well keep going. Sure, sure. <laughs> I went barbarian because I'm a barbarian. Barbarian. Or a barbarian, uh, think... whichever you like better. I, I, I like barbarian. Personally, I feel like I watched that on NBC in the <laughs> in the early 80s, like at six in the morning before the rest of the more mainstream cartoons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think barbarians need much introduction. Uh, your big class thing is that you can trigger a rage um, at the level that we will be playing at. You can only do that once a day. But basically, that means you get real mad. You get a couple of different bonuses. You get some extra HP. And then once you are done, uh, you are at disadvantage on all rolls for the next 2d6 rounds. Bummer. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, getting into the classes really quickly, uh, looking at your skill training, anything that is listed here, and this is also true of your profession, means that you get that skill at a plus one bonus, basically. Um 
all skills start at zero. So if they are listed as class skills, that means you get one rank in them. Um, you wouldn't be able to increase those past two in character generation, even though some of the class skills give you a bonus to those skills. Steven, you were going to say something. Well, it says I get wilderness survival at a plus three. So is that a plus four right. or is it a plus three? It's a plus three. Uh, no, that is actually a uh, plus three. Okay, but combat training is at a plus one. So is that just a plus one? Actually, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. So that would be a uh, plus four. Oh, okay. And then uh, combat training would be a plus two. All right. Whereas brawling, fighting, would only be a plus one. Intimidation's a plus one. And then those other skills, you can only give one point to. You wouldn't be able to take two points and drop it in another skill. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um, you also get some bonuses and minuses to other things. Uh, you're not very good at ranged attacks. No. But you also get either an additional three to your move or four to your HP. So that's very neat. And then, um, since we are going to level two, you also get a plus two to spot and listen checks and another plus one to melee damage. So you're you're a, a furry murder machine, and I'm glad you're here. Um, you also have some additional points to drop into your skills. Um, we can get into that in a minute once we've gone over everybody else's classes, if you don't mind. Fine by me. Cool. Uh, Jameson, what do you got? I'm going to go with the Fortune Hunter. Fortune Finder. Fortune Hunter. Hunter, yeah. Okay. Uh, Fortune and Glory, kid. Fortune and Glory. So um, you get a lot of bonuses to things that make you sneaky and good at finding things. So you're kind of a rogue and you're kind of Indiana Jones. Um, You also get plus two to your courage save, which is great. Um, You get subterfuge, which is a skill. You get a plus three on your spot and listen checks. You get a plus one to your AC and to your initiative. One of my favorite aspects of this is Seeker's Knowledge. You've read so much and heard so many rumors that you have a chance to roll a knowledge check on any topic. Might come in handy. Um, Last but not least in there, you have the Swordsman uh, ability, which means you can use your dex mod instead of your strength mod for one-handed blade weapons. So if that benefits you, that's an option to you. Um, and since we are going up to level two, you can sense hidden items and doors, although you spot them at a disadvantage. But as a fortune hunter and a street urchin, I can see that that might have come in handy for you at some point. Um, you can also run at three times your move, which is mm-hmm. very fast indeed. That's something I want to bring up with the developers, because if I'm playing a uh, Arkham Wolf or Ark Wolves. Mm-hmm. Artie can run at three times my speed. So does it just negate itself and it's just three times well, speed flat? What does it stack? I, I do not believe it stacks. So if you had been a human, then that would be a benefit to you. But as an mm-hmm. Ark Wall, it does not. At least that is my understanding at this point. As you said, right. that is something definitely we would want to address. And we can talk about that in the last episode of this particular arc. Part three. Uh, exactly. Jay? All right, since, uh, since, since seat, everybody picked uh, seemingly close-range folks, uh, I decided to go for somebody with a little more long-range capabilities, and I picked an archer. So I'm an Aspimit archer. Okay. Aspimit archer, Asp- yeah. Aspimit archer. Aspimit archer. I think I used right, that right, as right, a yeah. warm-up Aspimit in archer. my acting Aspimit classes in college. Uh, so you're the master of the bow and prefer to take down your enemies at a distance. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I said it like that, but let's I go like with it. it. Yeah. 
Um, you do get a mm-hmm. bonus to your poison save stat, which is handy. Um, you get athletics basic, you get combat training, crafting, ranged weapons are all your class skills. You also get plus one to attack and damage with a bow. And as a counterpoint to Steven's Barbarian, uh, you are actually uh, not as good in melee combat. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get a one-time bonus to either two to your decks or a minus one to your charisma. I'm, It's your character. I'm probably going to suggest to well, not take a negative to the it's, charisma. It's both, isn't it? Gains a one-time bonus of plus two to decks and a minus one to charisma. And, and no, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I was... If the mic's in my no, way. No, no worries, no worries. Right. So, uh, with my with my original world of three, my racial uh, detriment of minus one, and my class detriment of minus one, my charisma is off the radar at a one. No, no, I disagree. It's just barely on the radar. <laughs> well, no, no. If you look at a chart a of bonuses, bro. it's not even in there. <laughs> uh, well... That, that it's all role-playing, and I trust you to, to bring something amazing to the table with that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, this um, is great. I can't also, wait to see how this plays out. Uh, since we are at level two, you do get plus one to your attack and damage with a bow. Uh, you can increase all of your bow ranges by 50%, and, uh, which is a great benefit, is you can shoot into melee range or into a crowd without penalty, uh, which I think is pretty neat. Any questions so far, guys? There's um, just a few more things we want to cover, and then our characters yeah. So are much no, just, ready to go. just yes, oh, I'm Steve. sorry. Go ahead, Stephen. Did you have something? Oh, sorry, Jay. Oh no, no. Sorry, um, I my Zoom window is underneath everything else, so I didn't see who was talking. <laughs> oh no, worries, no worries. Um, the way so the way skills work, it says here I've got athletics, basic combat training, crafting, ranged weapons, and four other skills. I get to pick four other skills from the list. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that um that and means- that excludes the racial bonus skills of balance knowledge plants and cooking slash medicine and the street fighter skills of fighting brawling and intimidation um yes okay all right cool because that's a lot of skills i don't i don't have room in the character sheet to write all the skills that, down that's okay um you don't necessarily even have to worry about that right now okay and cool, if cool. we were doing more of a campaign you know maybe that would be something that could set the seeds for other aspects of your character sure uh, and each time your character levels up, you also get two more skill points plus your intelligence modifier. If you want, you can plug some more points into your skills at this point. Um, oh, you don't yeah, have right. to. Um, some of the fighting skills give you different bonuses and stuff, and I'm going to leave it to you to actually look at the descriptions of those skills. Um, knowing what we know about how role-playing games work, is there anything on your sheet in terms of skills right now that you feel might benefit from a little more explanation? Hmm. So, for example, one of you has fighting brawling, correct? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. So, let's look at the description for that. Uh, you are proficient at basic barroom fighting. You can use improvised weapons with no penalty. You gain a plus one to attack with punches or kicks, plus one against intimidation attempts, and toughness plus one. You also get a plus one to your okay. attack with punches or kicks at additional levels. So, um, one rank in that particular skill doesn't benefit you until you get or another rank in that particular skill wouldn't benefit you until you got to a higher level does that make sense mm-hmm. cool got it um and then i feel like everything else is pretty straightforward i yeah, know this uh, is uh one of our 
it's not the most complicated system we've balanced. Which is also one of the things, one of the reasons that I wanted to play it, because I felt like we deserved kind of a good old-fashioned, uh, you know, game where you might dungeon some dragons, <laughs> or you might not. Um, Mason, do you have any questions at this point? No, just uh, filling in my info. My guy has combat training, so I'm still looking up what that does. Okay. So, if we look here, combat training means you are trained in the art of combat. If you have one rank, you can wear light armor and use light melee weapons. If you have two ranks, you can wear medium armor, use improvised weapons, and use medium melee weapons. And if you have three, you can wear heavy armor and use heavy melee weapons. You can only have a max of three ranks in that skill, so that's a good question. All right. And do we know if the languages are listed anywhere yes so if we're looking at the playtest document it's on page 81 um by default you speak the language of your race and you learn how to read speak and write in a language anytime you take the language skill you cannot use more than one skill point on each language so if you have a bonus um and you want to speak an additional language you can do so i'm going to take aspamites all right okay cool Also, I would say it's assumed that everybody knows how to speak the common tongue. Right. Okay. Otherwise, you'd be the only one to be able to talk to me <laughs> this entire Exactly. Time. Which, again, I think might be an interesting way to sure, play. Sure, sure. But uh, I think it puts us at an unnecessary disadvantage. <laughs> Agreed. And you know, I don't know why I didn't come up with that first, but Aspamite is so much better a pronunciation than Aspamite. <laughs> I, I was kind of digging on Aspamite, actually. Uh, something about know, it. Just, something just more very, uh, racial about Aspamite. It was linguistically <laughs> linguistically pleasing to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Our Aspamite archer I... was linguistically pleasing. I'll, I'll go with Aspamite. Let's go with Aspamite. I'm digging that. Awesome. So I think uh, since none of you chose magic users, which is an absolutely fine choice, um, we're all lazy. It's a little bit of time. Uh, suffice to say, the the magic and psionic system in this is very straightforward. Um, you know, it works pretty much like any other skill check or attack. Um, so it's just picking out the rest of your starting gear. Now, one of the optional rules in this book that I do like is the concept of usage dice. And what that means is that anytime an item is used, you roll a certain die type. If you roll between a one and a three on that die, it means that the item has taken damage and eventually is rendered useless. Um, I feel like this is a, a nice contrast to uh, wearing the same suit of armor through years worth of adventures, carrying the same shield or sword and it never having any sort of material impact. Um, we talked about this before. If you've changed your mind, that's fine. Would you want to use the usage dice system? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Sure. And just to give you an overview of how that works, it starts at a D20, which means that every time, say, you get out of combat, you're going to roll a D20. If you get four or higher, you don't have to worry about anything. But if you were to get a one to three on that roll, next time you use that item, you would be rolling a D12. If you failed that roll, then a D10, D8, D6, D4. And if you finally did fail on a D4, chances are very good that you would. That item is no longer okay. usable. So something to keep in mind. And remind me that we're going to do that. Because I've got a lot on my mind today. 
Um, I know your professions and uh, your uh, classes gave you some starting gear, but if there's anything else you'd like to spend some money on, uh, take a couple minutes, look at the uh, different weapons, armor, uh, gear you can have. If there's anything you think would be fun for your character to have or vital, um, we can certainly discuss well, that now. I'm going to go ahead and buy a cart. What's I up, Chuckles? Because I get 15% off. Oh, no. I'm just very excited. I just like that I'm playing a bear uh, barbarian <laughs> who um, is also a merchant. And I'm just imagining a bear toddling around with a, you know cart of random wares uh and a biking helmet see and i'm picturing uh the anthropomorphic bear version of john goodman's character from the big lebowski (laughs) but has now uh, like a used car salesman i love it go on down to subjects used cars you're gonna walk away with a deal (sighs) except on saturdays because he doesn't roll on shabbos nope as we all know um the description of weapons and armor, I feel, are all pretty straightforward. You actually do have the ability to stack armor a little bit in this game. Um, in that uh, you can have, like, one basic set of armor, and then if you have boots or something like that and a shield, obviously, they both confer benefit to you. Hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And your base armor class is 10 and your dex mod. Less uh, armor and other things, correct? Correct, yes, exactly. Okay, let's check out this equipment list. Right. So, actually, Stephen, that brings up an interesting point. Since you are a merchant, let's say that you do have this hypothetical cart. What kind of things do you think you would be carrying around in that cart? I mean, I'm a bear, so it's fish. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you want fish? We got fish. Actually, I can make that work. That's that's great. <laughs> you're all great. You're just great. Somebody should do a podcast with you guys because you're all great. So, uh, oh, in, in this case, um, if we have, for example, I got padded armor for, which one was it? Uh, for my street fighter profession and padded armor for my class. Can I sell the first set of, like, one set of padded armor, pick something else up? Okay, and we're doing like the what is it half? Yeah, that's fine. Half, uh, half value on the chart for selling something. Okay, do. That's fine. Now, would your intention be to wear your padded armor? Uh, yeah, just under normal street clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just I don't need I don't need the two sets of padded armor because that. So. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fine with me. And because I'm playing a roguish character, I'm going to get leather. Okay. As you do. That's going to cost me my entire 20 GPs. Well, I think you can borrow... Well, I'm not going to speak for your teammates. Maybe you can, maybe you can't borrow some from them. (laughs) So my kind of headcanon, I've been batting this around, is that I work for Steven's character. Steven is a merchant. He sells fish. He sells things. Mm -hmm. And... We need to go out and get things for him to sell. Love it. I love that. Um, by the way, I've gone ahead and named my character. I am <laughs> Kuma. Kuma. I'm going to write that down. Mm-hmm. Kuma. Kuma, the level New two challenge. barbarian. 
with a K or a C? K. Uh, hold on. Okay. Anybody else got a name over here? Oh, yeah. I am playing Felix Lupin. Felix Lupin. Lupin the third. <laughs> All I right. love that show so much. And Jay, uh, what you, you know got? what? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out a good snaky name. Totally fine. If you want, we can save that to the next episode, and that will be a pleasant surprise. A reason for the, sure. for the, the listeners to come back, if you will. Besides, the, you know what? The quality content we always produce. Yeah, let's let's do that. System. Let me let me put some thought into it, and then uh, well, it will be revealed in the next episode. So you didn't like Asp Master? Wait, what was that? I love it. You didn't like Asp Master? <laughs> I, I I may have trouble saying that throughout the podcast, and we may have didn't bleep me out a bunch of times if I if I go that route. <laughs> there there was an indie band called the Wasps. Uh, no, the sixth. Sorry, um, and one of their albums was called Hyacinths <laughs> and Thistles. <laughs> Those yeah. monsters. Yeah, um, not my favorite. I, I mean, sonically they're great, but they're they're jerks. Anyway, um, so that I believe rounds out your character sheets. How are we feeling? Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, I can't wait good. to see how uh, how this all uh, how this all comes together in gameplay. Great. Um, do we want to maybe talk uh, other character dynamics really quickly? Like, Jay, how you fit in with uh, Kuma yeah, and sure. uh, Felix real quick? Or do we want to save that no, for the well, next I mean, episode? No, we can, well, I mean, I've been thinking about that, too. And, you know, uh, since I was a former, uh, former, you know, pit fighter forced into, um, into you know, risking life and limb for the entertainment of others, uh, I'm going to say that I, uh, I escaped. And they were the first creatures that I came upon kind of fleeing the jungles and you know i was fortunate enough that that you know that they took me in and and said hey uh can i just go with you for now i don't know much about this outside world and uh you 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 two seem to be you know the more common folk around here right so yeah i think it'd be useful to be with the everyday wanderers of this of this world Little did you know that both of them mythical are beings, yes, yes, to the outside yeah. world, absolutely. <laughs> now I'm just imagining uh, and... Bigfoot coming up to you and being like, "Hey, you want to buy a fish?" <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, and actually, you know, I feel like your one charisma is very well explained now. If you have been sequestered in the jungle for the majority of your life, of course, you're not going to know how to interact yeah, with right. other, other beings, uh, or maybe you're even just a jerk around your your kin i don't know <laughs> um love it and perhaps you know the particular portion of the jungles that you lived in bordered a large body of water uh kuma and Felix yeah were I, I shot an arrow into the water plucked like, it out and there's a fish at the end and i'm like oh you mean like one of these things yeah i love that uh steven mason how do you feel about that oh i'm all for it i adore it cool cool awesome well Unless I'm very much mistaken, I think we're ready to play this game. But we're going to have to wait for the next episode to actually do Yay! Okay. <laughs> Are there any questions before we sign off for this particular uh, episode of Games We Never Play? What's a good name no. for a store ran by a bear? I was going to ask you that. The necessities. You. The necessities. <laughs> yes, yes.
I, I will allow it. <laughs> I can't top that. The bareness. Grudgingly, I will allow uh, it. All right. Well, I am very excited. Um, I think you guys made some interesting choices. Uh, I I feel confident about running these characters through an adventure. I hope you feel confident in my ability to do so. Absolutely. And um, with that, let's go ahead, go back around the table, tell everybody where they can find us, and sign out for this particular episode. Uh, Jay, why don't you go ahead and start? Hi, everybody. This is Jay Africa. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Africa and on Instagram at TransplantAsian. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, my profile is public. If you want to send me a message about anything, uh, feel free to do so. Um, and yeah, this was this was great. I, it was it was cool how quickly all of these characters came together, actually. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I feel like the system is, is pretty straightforward in terms of that. Um, in, anyway, sorry. Uh, Steven? My name is Stephen Pope. You can find me online at StephenJPope22 on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find uh, some articles we've all been writing on gamesweneverplay.com. Apart from that, I'm just excited to be a bear. (laughs) Mace, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Hey folks, I've been uh, Jameson. You can find me online, GM underscore Mace like the weapon. I'm also uh, doing a streaming game on thir- on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on the Happy Jacks Network. Go check that out if you're free. It's got airships and lightsabers and all kinds of craziness. Uh, and I'm Michael Holmes. I'll be your host for the next few episodes. You can find me on Twitter at MRH underscore 3E find me on instagram at michael r holmes uh we also do have a patreon that we are working on bolstering some unique content for so if you are interested we understand that these are interesting times um every dollar counts but if you would like to contribute to the games we never play cause you can find us at patreon.com slash gwnp and with that i bid you all adieu and we will see you next time bye bye, bye everyone